Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. And the Music of America podcast continues with a different twist. We're not going to be talking necessarily to a musician about his music, but rather a musician who is now a producer. And that's Benormous Productions. We'll visit in just a minute with Van Voorhoeven after we talk about the bag. Bass Players, the bag is a high quality leather gig bag family of products that are handmade in the United States with the finest craftsmanship, a beautiful, sophisticated, very cool overall appearance. They're made of some of the finest high quality leather and cushion available, meant to last a lifetime, literally. They have over 30 years in the leather industry and are extremely proud to introduce this line of gig bags targeted to the skilled professional, as well as the fun-seeking novice. The hope is that you will love the bags as much as they do. The Bag, from Tony Vaughn Bass Bags, www.tonyvaughn.com. I had to have you give me a phonetic spelling of your name because I messed it up, and I think I still messed it up. Is it right? <laughs> yeah, it, it's Verhoeven. Verhoeven, okay. Yep. Dan Verhoeven is our guest today. For, he's the producer, owner, and chief bottle washer at Benormous Productions, correct? That's right. And you're in Millican, Colorado. Where is Millican? We talked about this before the show. You're up by Greeley, you said? Yeah, up near Greeley. Um, I'm about half an hour from Fort Collins, about 20 minutes from from Greeley, um, just kind of in the middle ground there a little bit between uh, um, Longmont and, uh, and and Greeley. I should also point out that you're also a sponsor on the show because people will be listening to the show and hear about Benormous Productions. And one of the things we bring up in the commercial is that you've been in the recording industry for 20 years. Correct. Yeah. Um, I mean, not necessarily charging for recording for 20 years, but I have been recording like my own band um, started about 20 years ago and have been kind of doing it since since high school, basically, ever since I, I started playing guitar. OK, so that, that was my next question. And what's your instrument? You play guitar. And how yep. long did you play and how long did you play out? I played for for a long time. Um, I don't play much anymore, but I started when I was like 17. My band that I started in high school eventually started um, playing out when we graduated high school, started playing some bars here and there. I was, uh, over the years, the band evolved, but my band was called uh, Novus Folium. We eventually, in 2011, won KBPI, Denver's uh, radio station, best band in Denver competition. We were fortunate to be able to to open for huge names like Guns N' Roses and Corn and Papa Roach and was able to go on tour for a while. And unfortunately, the band broke up in 2012. And since then, I hadn't played in much besides just a small project. Um, but after that, it was kind of more concentrating on, on working on recording and production versus being in a band. Got to see kind of the whole industry and and kind of all the ins and outs of, of recording and, and being in a band and, and touring and kind of wanted to just take all that knowledge that I learned over the years and be able to help out up and coming bands that have no clue on how to to run a band or run a band like a business is what I like to say. So you don't just do the recording, you'll actually work with the bands as a promoter? 
kind of in a way like I, I almost consider myself kind of a, a label in a way without all the ties to a label and taking all the profits and stuff like that I, right. I'm more of just like a producer that that loves to help bands more than just record so I also film music videos and do online promotion for the the songs when they come out and and just kind of give guidance to bands and, and what to do and how to promote themselves and how to try to make it, basically. It's kind of cool. It's kind of what we do here. And the Music of America podcast, I'm retired. I don't make a dime on this, you know? Yeah. I do this because I love the industry. I love everything about the industry. I like music teachers. I love performers. I love jazz. I love producers. And it just, it all fascinates me. You know, I've yeah. only gotten to like, just beyond novice level and on just about every tier i played out i was with a cover band i worked radio for about 10 years but i never worked like as as the morning drive in new york city or chicago you know but i did stuff and what i enjoyed stayed with me and now i have that and i'm doing kind of what you're doing but it's it's that passion man it's that really drives you that makes you do what you do so well because i listened to some of your work phenomenal i'd put your work up against anybody that i've heard you know yeah so, Thank you so much. Uh, what what drives that? Is it because you played before and so you know what you want to sound like? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's years and years of learning. I, I started out obviously not very good. And over the last last five to seven years is where I've really come to my own with, with mixing. I didn't really know a whole lot about mixing when I first started. It was more of just tracking and then the session was done and that's what I put out and I didn't Uh really know about a whole lot about mixing but I started taking this online mentorship program with Jordan Valeria he's from Toronto he's a a pretty big name producer he's worked with several labels and bands like Silverstein and Emery and and some bigger names and uh, he started kind of an online mentorship program where he actually just teaches students how to mix at a professional level. After starting to take his courses and learning kind of how to do it right, is where I really started, things started just leveling up big time. And now I, I feel like my my mixes can compete with any other record label or any other mixer in, in the nation. And my kind of goal is uh, eventually to start working with big name uh, artists that are signed to labels. And But I also do enjoy working with the smaller bands in the local scene here. Denver has a really great music scene and lots of really, really good bands that I feel like could get signed or should be on a national level. And I want to be able to help bands get to that point. It's basically what I love to do. At the, at the end of every season, I will have interviewed over 250 people. I hope they all give wow. you a shout. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> how does one get to your place? How does it work? What is like the logistics of how they hire Benormous Productions? We'll talk about that. I do a lot of social media stuff, uh, really reaching just reaching out to bands and, and artists on social media. I make a lot of video content like reels and things like that on, on TikToks and stuff like that to just promote myself and really what it, what I boils down to is me just filming myself working in the studio on in different projects and kind of putting out snippets of the song and uh, and being just kind of active and showing people that I'm 
I'm working every day basically on, on different things, on different projects and music and just reaching out to bands and, and seeing, Hey, are you interested in recording? I, I'd love to work with you. Um, sending out emails and things like that. And just um, over time, things start rolling in. And, and now at this point, I, I don't do a whole lot of outreach. It's more of just bands are coming to me, seeing my videos online and hearing my stuff and just reaching out and finding out how much I charge. And it, it's been pretty amazing. I've, I've, uh, I've been doing this for a long time, uh, part-time, but starting in January, I went full-time doing production. So this is, this is what I do full-time now, producing bands, also filming and, and doing video production too. What do you like more? Are, are they two different animals, audio or video? <laughs> They're, they're actually kind of almost similar in a way when it comes down to like linear editing on the computer. It's kind of almost the same. But I started when I was really young with video before I ever even played an instrument. I, I was filming music videos as a kid with my one of my best friends in, in high school. And we would just pick songs that we loved, like The Offspring or Blink-182 songs and just come up with funny music video ideas oh, and we'd just go film them with a Sony Handycam and then we put them together on Adobe Premiere which was something I learned in high school I had this uh, teacher that basically had a, a class that taught you how to video edit and it was kind oh. of a game changer from there I started video editing on a computer and learning how to do that and uh, filming music videos where I didn't even know how to play an instrument yet. And then eventually, like, I decided I wanted to uh, learn how to play an instrument so that I could one day make a music video for myself. And it oh, cool. evolved into playing music full time. And I, I kind of quit doing the video for a long time. And then uh, about 2020, I was recording a band and he, he was interested in doing a music video. And I, I was like, hey, I, I used to make music videos in high school. I would love to do a video for you. And I just filmed it on my iPhone. It kind of sparked that that fire again to do more video production. So after that, I, I bought a camera and, and then kind of just turned it into part of my business where they kind of feed each other because when I'm doing production for bands a lot of the time they want a music video as well and so i kind of in the one-stop shop where i can kind of do it all for bands that's so cool yeah and, and how time consuming is it and it's a trick question because well i want to hear your answer but how time consuming is it yeah it, it is a pretty time consuming for sure it it takes up a lot of a lot of time and a lot of effort but i really love doing it it's something that's more of a passion and i don't really even feel like it's work it's it's just fun to me that's the answer i was actually looking for that's what i was trying to go toward and you went right there because <laughs> uh, production when you're doing it you're you know you're taking something that's very real but you're making it into something more real if that makes sense you know absolutely yeah and it's it's fun and it's creative and it's exciting and it's frustrating all at the same time <laughs> you put a lot into it and when it's done you're like wow that was really cool i mean i walked away yeah. from several of these where i'm like i'm glad that one's done but i walked away from several of them too i'm like i could spend two hours on the phone with this guy or this woman or this band or whatever you know and right. and still get more information and still talk some more because it's so much fun and when you put it all together with their music then like in this thing the song and the story behind the song all come together and it's like wow i love that you know and yeah. I guess you get you get to do that 
for them, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's it's very rewarding at the, at the end of the day after finishing a project, finishing finishing a mix, or and then getting the feedback and and then being like, wow, this is amazing, and then and then being like, hey, well, let's do a video for it now, and then getting to do the video after the fact, and then putting that all together, and and when it comes out, like it's it's just such a, a rewarding thing to me, and I, I just love being able to do that. Then on top of that, being able to promote it because it's something that I, I love promoting my work and want a lot of people to hear it and see it. And so bands really appreciate that too when uh, when I'm I'm out there online pushing their songs for them. A lot of producers don't do that, and that's that's something that a lot of artists really appreciate. It's that extra step, man. You know, yeah. that's really it's so crucial. Typically on the show, we'll talk about song X with band X. You know, and then we play the song and then we go forward. I want to do it differently here, though. I want okay. to play the song or the songs that we're going to be playing. And then let's talk about the production values that you brought to the song. That You, they, you know, they came with the song and then you did this and created this product. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's do that then. The first song we're going to do is a song called The Anomaly. And the band is author of your downfall. Yep. How did you come across them? So I uh, actually, the band, the next band, Band you'll be playing thrash hard city i was out at one of their shows just going to see them play live and they opened for them and i just went up to them after the show i really enjoyed their set and and was just like hey man i'm a producer i would love to work with you guys on in the studio just making some let's make a record together and they actually had heard of me and they were meaning to get a hold of me at some point and it just happened to be fate that i was there at a show and saw them play and and we we just talked for a while about what what their goals and what they wanted to do and it just kind of fell fell together real easily i after that we we set up a date to to get into the studio and we've uh we've done five songs this uh song you're playing is the last song on the record um so the song just came out on friday uh on the 8th and uh everyone go out and enjoy it it's awesome real cool we're gonna give it a listen and then we'll talk about the production qualities of this we are with b normous productions out of Millican, colorado we're gonna hear one of the first products that we're going to be discussing and it's a song called the anomaly by a band called author of your downfall
band is called Author of Your Downfall, the song The Anomaly, and produced by B. Normus Productions with Van Verhoeven. We're going to get back and talk to Van about the concepts and the elements that he brought to that song after we talk about this little town in Kansas called Tecumseh. That's where you're going to find Monkey House Guitars. Monkey House Guitars is a small, made-to-order guitar shop. If you think it, they can build it. Some of the most beautiful handmade guitars you'll ever see. Meticulously designed and crafted per your specifications. Nothing by machine. Hand-laid frets. Everything routed and sanded in the shop at Monkey House Guitars. The Multiverse Guitar is singularly one of the most innovative and interesting guitars I've ever seen being made. You can see it being made via the photos he put on Facebook. All at the hands of Luthier Mike Thompson, an amazing artisan. And as a side note, I talked with Mike a couple of weeks ago, and he wanted me to say something about this, and I, I'm in agreement with him. We all know that cancer sucks. Well, Mike Thompson of Monkey House recently has felt the touch of what that disease can do to anyone who has a friend or loved one go through the rigors and sorrows of cancer. When thinking about charities to help support, Mike Thompson of Monkey House Guitars and the Music of America podcast are asking you, please consider doing a benefit of some sort or somehow help promote and contribute to the American Cancer Society. And check out www.monkeyhouseguitars.com. Monkey House, one word, guitars, Tecumseh, Kansas. If you can think it, they can build it. Okay, Van, so the song we listened to called The Anomaly, they came to you with a band, or the band came to you with a song, and then tell us how it got from here to here. What did you do to maybe vamp it up or... Honestly, this band is super talented. Um, we've we've done this is now the fifth song we've done together. The band is 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 very very organized, very efficient at at what they do, and um, they prepare very well. So um, when when bands have have pre production, they've worked real hard on the songs prior to getting into the studio. It makes things really easy when when we're tracking the songs. A lot of the time with these guys, I don't have to really do a whole lot of changing or or um, doing much of of suggesting different parts and things they really have their songs down real tight and so I, I didn't really have to do a whole lot of producing for this song it was it was more of let's just get it tracked real well and real tight so with my in my studio we do everything individually multi-track so it's it starts with the drums and the drummer is a phenomenal drummer he he didn't take too many takes to get this song down and then uh then we build it on from there. We, we start after that with the guitars. One of the great things with this song actually was their second guitar player that just recently joined the band is actually on this song as well. Whereas all the other songs were recorded just by Tony, the lead guitar player. But the song actually included a second guitar player, which was, was a really awesome addition to the, the band and the song. And then they also have a lot of atmospheric stuff, uh, a lot of synths and and keyboards and stuff in the background as well, which um, Tony writes all that stuff on his own. And, and they send me all the tracks via just uh, uh, online. At, at the end of the day, they the, the mixes come together real quick, usually um, with their songs. They just they're just a very talented band. That's cool. There's a movie called Philadelphia with Denzel Washington. He's a lawyer. Tom Hanks is a lawyer that gets AIDS. And yep. the Denzel Washington character says this line. He goes, explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old. He says that a couple of times in the movie, right? 
So uh, <laughs> a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are music people. A lot of people aren't. A lot of people that are music people that listen to the show have never been in a studio or have never been in a recording situation. So walk us through the steps of what happens in music production. Typically, uh, it starts with with obviously writing a song as a band and then coming into the studio. Um, usually we we do a little pre-production where we we lay down some basic just guitars to a click track, which would just be just the metronome to get the, the time down. And then after that, the drummer goes into the into the studio to lay down his drum part. And he plays along with just this, what we call scratch tracks, guitar tracks, where he just has the, the song in his ear with a click and he plays along with the, the metronome to the song. And then after that, we've got the drums laid down, which is kind of the foundation of the song. And then we build upon that after the fact. So then uh, we, we do guitars and we record uh, guitars doubled. So one for the left side, one for the right side in stereo. We break the pieces down, parts down to pretty small, small parts. So we get the songs recorded very, very tightly, performed really well. And you just concentrate on, on getting great performances. After recording guitars, then you get, go to the bass um and uh again same thing recording the bass in small chunks getting great performances if the song has a, a singer that that would be the last thing to record would be the the vocals um and then uh after that if if it is something where they have other parts to the song such as a, a lead guitar or piano or synths keyboard stuff like that that that'd be the the final thing after vocals are recorded and then after the the band is done the song is recorded it it then is mixed um, which is a whole separate process where i take all of the individual tracks and mix them together into the song where you add all the the eq and compression and saturation and and uh, make the song sound like it does on the radio the one time that i did recording with a band we went into the studio collectively and we did a song Yep, And then we walked out, then the drummer put headphones on, and then he just played his part over that. And that's the track of the drums that we re we collected. Mm -hmm. you know? And then guitar, and then lead guitar, bass, I guess a, a probably guitar, guitar, bass, vocals. Yep. And then it all got mixed down. It's the same process you're talking about. And the only Absolutely. difference is we went and did the whole thing once, the whole song right. once, and that became our foundation. But you've done both, right? And you just like one method over Absolutely. the other. It's uh, it's kind of most of the time in in uh, my studio. It's it's hard to get all the band to record all at the same time. Um, it's a smaller studio, so I don't have have the room and, and inputs and things to track everybody at the same time. Gotcha. And typically, you don't need to have the the bass and and. Uh, all of the parts of the song for the drummer to be able to perform his parts. Typically they just need the guitar, maybe sometimes the vocals. And that's something that I'll usually do with the country band that we'll be playing coming up. I actually have them play and sing the same time on, on acoustic okay. to get down the tracks before we do the drums. Um, and we'll get to that song, but that one, that one's a fun one too, that I'll, we'll talk about. Well, you want to do that one now? That's, that's the one uh, sure. hell of my own. Right. Is yeah. That, okay. Well, this is uh, Dory Joe and Matt Barr. 
a song called hell on my own since you brought it up <laughs> yeah and i think let's let's do it and then uh we'll talk about it on the other side of the song because that's perfect really good timing on that okay so here we are we're at be normous productions with van veer and Milliken, Colorado, and the Music of America podcast. The next song that he produced is this one here called Hell on My Own by Dory Joe and Matt Barr. Ah! 
Dory Joe and Matt Barr performing Hell on My Own, another B Normous Productions. We're with Van Verhoeven today, and we're going to do a little plug about the Soulard Blues Festival in St. Louis. But first, since we just did that song, we're really changing format here today. It's really fun. Awesome. <laughs> and we have we have the flexibility to do that. We have creative people on board, right? <laughs> That's right. So that was different than the anomaly. Definitely. Yeah. Way uh, way different. Um, I wanted to give you kind of a variety of different different stuff that I work on. This band is very talented. I have gotten, uh, was blessed to have the opportunity to work with these two. They have now since been signed um, to uh, a label in Texas and are going to be out and recording in Nashville now. Fortunately, not coming oh, to me anymore, cool. but they just got signed due to the songs that we've recorded together. Very, very fun uh, couple to work with. They, they're just singer-songwriters, so they just play guitar and sing and and that's all they do so i was fortunate to be able to to get to do a little bit of more production with these guys um i actually produced all the drums i don't play drums but i can program them using my software online so this project we uh we basically start with just recording some scratch vocals and guitar and then we spend kind of the morning working on on writing drums. So I, I play the drums on like a keyboard uh-huh. and uh, kind of get all the drums laid out for the song doing on on a computer, basically. That is so cool. Really cool. So cool that you're able to do that without having somebody bring in like a nine piece kit and you have to mic everything and you got to adjust the volumes. I mean, you can just do it all digitally through a keyboard. Yeah. And then you sit there and like, doom, doom, doom. Doom, 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 yep. doom, doom, doom. Is that kind of how, how this comes about? That's why you do Absolutely. Yeah. So um, we, we kind of just get come up with the idea of what, what kind of drum beat we want. And then um, we, we kind of just like track it on the keyboard where I'm hitting a key for the kick and hitting a, a key for the snare and filling in the cymbals and, and then putting in fills and things like that where we want. Are you, so, able to, are you um, able to do like a segment and, and loop that through the song and then you just add elements to it so you don't have to sit there for three and a half exactly. minutes? Exactly. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. And that's, that is... it's it's nice with country because the drums are usually pretty straightforward with country. Um, so it, it doesn't take a lot of crazy fills and things like that. So it's it's pretty straightforward being able to kind of use loops and, and just create the, this is going to be the verse. And then we, I kind of, create that and put it in and and then build the song from there and so um it's uh it's something where i do have a full drum kit in my studio where i i typically with a lot of bands um will will just have them play on my drum kit makes it a little easier for the drummers to not have to haul in their full drum set i've got a pretty nice drum set in my studio but in in some cases where they don't have a drummer i'm able to program the drums for them and and make songs with without having to uh have someone hired to come in and play play physical drums yeah. And I really enjoy doing that. Um, and, and at the end of the day, no one knows the difference. And it's kind of cool because it keeps your hand in the performance side of things, you know? Absolutely. You're not on stage. You're not getting the the accolades, but you're still playing music. You're still a part of maybe a couple of dozen bands if you end up doing this with a couple of dozen people. 
right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I was able to also kind of give my hand in, in some of the bass. Um, I didn't play the bass, but was able to kind of help come up with parts and and kind of be like oh you should do a fill like a part uh-huh. here and and get to kind of suggest different things to to help make the song better and and fill in those those bass parts because a lot of guitar players will want to play bass or have bass on the song but they just have kind of the the straightforward root notes and um it's it's giving them the suggestions to be like hey let's let's do a little fill here or do this here change that that to an octave higher or whatever it is and um, be able to kind of help songwrite fill in all the rest of the stuff when it's just this uh, guitar and a vocal get to build the song around that it's really fun when you were talking about that the song wider shade of pale by procol harem came to mind and i got thinking while you were saying that that there's so many songs that have these little six eight second hooks to them And it's those little hooks. When I was in radio, we used to argue about this all the time. Like, what's the hook of the song? And a lot of times it's the chorus. But sometimes it's that, and using that song as the example, that 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 bend, that note, that bow, bow, you know, at the very, very beginning. As Mm -hmm. soon as you hear that song on the radio now, you know that's Whiter Shade of Pale by Procol Harum. Correct. And just using that song as an example, you get a chance to do that as a producer, right? You can go to... For example, you could go to uh, Dory Joe and Matt and say, hey, after we played through the song, I heard this thing in my head. And what do you think about adding this like a, a triplets or, you know, this little thing right here or something, just this little yes. signature piece that you can put in so you can call it that part your own of this production. Yep. That's that's absolutely. Cool. I want to ask you about live and I want to yeah. ask you about live versus studio. First, I want to talk about these B3 Blues Festival. I grew up in St. Louis. The blues is a real strong influence in my life and has been and will be. In fact, one of the logos we use on the Music of America podcast is a band called the Alabama Serenaders. It's an old black and white or sepia colored photograph. What takes it was taken back in the 30s. And right there in the middle of the photo is my grandfather with his clarinet pointed straight up to the gods. You know, that's that's the blues in my family, the blues heritage in my family. Well, the Soulard Blues Festival, the B3 Blues Festival, showcases that deep-rooted blues heritage of St. Louis. The B3 Blues Festival is an outdoor concert festival being held in historic Soulard Market. The flavor is local blues artists. The savory tradition of classic blues does and will prevail throughout the day. And you can find out about it on Facebook at the Soulard B3, or the annual blues festival of historic Soulard in St. Louis, Missouri, the B3 Blues Festival. Have you done live or is everything studio? I, I do a little bit of live mixing. I'm, I'm uh, actually training at a, uh, a venue in Denver to, to learn more about mixing live. It's very, very similar, but also very different at the same time. The, the big thing with, with live is the songs come and go. And then it's it, it's in the moment versus recordings are last forever. So um, it's it's kind of a more of the spur of the moment, quick decisions, just trying to get it as, as good as you can in the moment versus with in the studio. You're you've got to be way more meticulous on every detail and every single thing because it's something that's going to be heard forever versus just being heard in the moment. I picked up a new Paul Reed Smith a couple of days ago and nice. I played it. I played it this morning for the first time. And that like my other Paul Reed Smith, like my Les Paul, 
are absolutely unforgiving. Yeah. And that's that's live versus exactly. studio. Because if I get up there and I break a string in the middle of a recording, I broke a string in the middle of the recording. Whereas in the studio, we can cut, go back. And so how do you compensate or how do you cover for, I'll, I'll just call them boo-boos or errors that happen in live recording. Do you just, do you splice them out in post-production or do you fix it somehow or do you just let it flow? As far as doing live recordings, it just kind of, you got to let it flow. And and if the band decides, Hey, we we're going to just cut that song, then, then we cut it. And that's, that's, it is what it is. But um, mostly the, the stuff that I do, it's, it's not much live recording. It's more just live shows um, okay. and not much recording in, in that session. But uh, I am actually currently have a project open on my computer right now, a band that I, I uh, filmed over the weekend, I'm a band called Blue Mesa here in, in Denver. I got the opportunity to film their full live set. And then sound guy there at the, the venue was recording all the multi-tracks for the the whole show as well. So I was able to get all those tracks and put a mix together for the show as well. And then put that in with the video. Um, mm. So it's a, it's a pretty awesome set. They, they performed really well. And so I didn't have to do a whole lot of, of fixing or anything on the live, live sound set. Um, it was more of just getting, getting a good sound put together, mixed together and uh, that I can now put in and mix with the video and have they have now will have a, a great product to put out to showcase their band live about video. Let's talk because we haven't really talked talk much about that. The video side yeah. of, your, of your company. I've always been fascinated, especially in the early days of video, because in my head, you hear a song, whatever the song is, we'll call it song X and the lyrics tell a certain story video might tell an entirely different story than what you're hearing the lyric the lyricists say in the song so right. my question is to you do you come up with those video ideas or does the uh, performer come to you and say well we we're going to do this song called terrorizer but we want to have anime in the background of godzilla walking around doing ballet or something you know <laughs> <laughs> right is that how that works or do you say hey i got an idea with the song, I, I came up with this idea of some video and, and then you run an idea by the, the, the artist. Or is it a corroboration thing or what? It's all three of them. It, it's kind of a, a, depending on the song, the artist, sometimes the artist will come to me with an idea and, and, and be like, I want to make a video and, and give me all the ideas of what they have. And uh, we'll just run through a, kind of a list and listen to the song and be like, we, we want this and this and this and this video and um in some cases and what what i will do is sit down with a song if the band doesn't have an idea and um, i tried to come up with with stuff that's visually goes along with the lyrics most of the time if it's my idea i'll, I'll try to associate the song ideas with the lyrics or come up with ideas that that kind of portray what the song's about in some cases, it's sitting together, cashing out ideas uh, as a band and as a producer and being like, yeah, let's, what kind of ideas can we come up with? And we'll, we'll listen to the song and be like, oh, it'd be cool if we, we did something with this line or whatever and kind of hash it out together. So it's sometimes it's a group effort. Sometimes I come to them with the idea and, and uh, it's it's about 30, 30, 30. Wow. Uh, and, okay. and how it comes together. So depends on the band and what their visions are. We had a guest on here who had a song. He's an instrumental guitarist. 
He just does, he writes his own stuff, layers and tracks and all that does it all himself. He wrote a song called as far as the eye can see. And when we were having the conversation, he's from down the Ozarks. So I immediately had this vision of being on top of one of the mountains in the Ozarks and just looking at the expanse of land as far as the eye can see. Then I'm thinking Colorado, as far as the eye can see, standing from the Continental Divide or Pikes Peak or something. And just what great visuals can go along with just, and, and it's an instrumental, just yeah. the title, as far as the eye can see. And what you could do with video with that, with his music supporting the video and that video supporting the music. It sounds so cool, man, how you get to get into that. It's I actually literally just filmed the music video a few weeks ago for an artist um, called Waiting Till Three. The song was Try Again, but we went up to Estes Park and filmed on top of a mountain. It, it was one of the coolest videos I've filmed. It, it literally, as far as your eye can see, uh, the, the visuals in it. Um, but the, there's a line in the song where he's talking about don't wake the sleeping bear. And so it was kind of brought the idea of going into the woods and filming like just kind of a silly video of us like running into a bear. And then like <laughs> also just like camping and, and being in the woods and then uh, performing like on a huge rock on the top of the mountain kind of thing so yeah it turned out to be a, a really fun video it's hilarious and and the, the visuals is are are just amazing as well so i got this picture of you guys cooking s'mores around the campfire with a bear sitting there you know holding a marshmallow with a stick and then he pulls oh, yeah. out a ukulele and starts playing ukulele big old that, would be playing. <laughs> that would have been hilarious <laughs> no we talked about author of the downfall you said you met them when you saw a thrash heart Thrash Hard City. Was that one of your first customers then, Thrash Hard City? Because that's the next song we're going to hear. They're one of my first big clients when I went full time this January. Um, I have been recording a lot of bands prior to them over the last few years. Kind of really started taking it super serious in 2020. I met these guys, the guitar player, Jay. I've been talking to him for several years, kind of trying trying to, to get him in the studio with several of his projects. And I did do a mix for him last year for his solo project. I reached out to him uh, probably the end of last year, like probably around this time last year. And he said that he was starting a new project, a, a bunch of guys that, that he went to high school with. And I think in October or early October, we recorded the first song for them um, at, for their new band, Thrash Hard City. Since then, done five songs together we're going to be recording a couple more three more coming up uh this month they they've gone through some lineup changes recently they got a new singer they've kind of turned directions to a little bit heavier sound so i've done a, a couple music videos for them as well and um really awesome guys great great musicians really fun to work with what did you do maybe differently in this production than maybe you did with the song the anomaly one big thing would be the vocals. There's their actual singing on this song versus um, the anomaly is an instrumental song. So getting to be able to help produce the vocals and um, this song that that we're going to hear here is their brand new song from the band with the new singer coming into studio. The, the new singer hadn't worked with me before, and I was able to give him a lot of of ideas and suggestions on what we wanted to do for the song we kind of 
wrote some parts while we were in the studio together. Um, so getting to kind of be able to help the singer come up with ideas. We ended up at the end of the song, there's uh, kind of a, a vocal melody part where we're there's some singing. We were trying to hash out an idea at the very end in the bridge where it's kind of it has some melody. It's pretty melodic. And I was like, we really need to have a vocal singing part here. I think we were, were trying to figure it out. We kept playing it over and over. And all of a sudden, um, the guitar player started like singing kind of a melody in the background and it just sparked an idea. Wow. And we started rolling with it. It was, it, it ended up turning into to my favorite part of the song, the bridge that, that wasn't written at all. It was, it was all spur of the moment in the studio. Love that. We call it yeah. uh, capturing lightning in a bottle, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I'm building a studio at my house in Missouri. I've got a you know, two story house and the basement was unfinished. So I'm building like a rec room, a, a exercise room, storage and blah, blah, blah. And I've got enough friends that come over to play music at the house. I thought, I just want to build a studio and I want to be able to yeah. walk into the recording, the, the studio, the control room, hit power on, hit record, and then walk out and then jam for a couple hours. And we yeah. have put together some incredible stuff sometimes. And most of the time it's just screwing around and it's, it's crap, you know, but we have done some things sometimes have been that lightning in the bottle moment that we got done. It's like, wow, that was great. That was so much fun. John, what you did on the bass, Mike, what you did on the bass or, or, or Tom, whatever you did on the guitar, whatever. It was awesome. And then you're able to do that and then make it part of their production. That's so cool. Love that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah speaking of uh, studio, um, my studio is in my basement of my house. Um, I had my house built about seven years ago. And when uh, we were talking about having having the house built with the builders, a portion of the basement that, that was unfinished, I, I pretty much planned and, and drew out all the, the plans to, to build the studio. So I have a um, two separate rooms, control room with a window, um, and then my tracking room. So two separate areas and, uh, mm -hmm. kind of had, had the builder build it out for me while we were having the house built. And it's, it's just amazing to be able to come down stairs and start working, um, just from home and That's doing great. all my productions in my basement. Yeah. I don't, I don't have to, cause I'm retired. You know, I just do it for fun. Anyway, yeah. so let's get back to, so this song we're going to play, it, the song is called Terrorizer. And the band is called Thrash Hard City. That's the one we really got to listen to. Specialty we're listening for again. Yeah, it's it's towards the end of the song. It's the the bridge um, where there's a, a really awesome melody, um, vocal melody that happens towards the end there. That that was all just spur of the moment when we were tracking the song. That that kind of um, the the guitar player actually ended up singing um, kind of the melody of, and it, it was all just kind of spur of the moment happened while we were tracking the song we were trying to figure out how how the end was supposed to go and it uh it turned into the best part of the song in my opinion well give it a listen then thank you and again yeah we're with b normas productions from millican colorado and the music of america podcast it was Society, constantly dying, growing in 
Hard City with Terrorizer, produced by B Normus Productions and Van Verhoeven from Milken, Colorado. Van, this has been fascinating to me. Uh, and I think sometimes when we get into technical stuff like this, like I've got a gentleman that builds amps, another guy that builds guitars that will be on the show. And sometimes you can get lost in the weeds on the technical stuff. And you didn't yeah. do that. You talked to a point that even I could understand. It, and that was awesome. And then... <laughs> That shows what people have to look forward to when they want to work with you. This is the segment of shameless self-promotion. So self-promote away. How do people find you, meet you, hook up with you so they can do have you do your magic? Absolutely. Yeah. So you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, um, as well as my website, uh, benormousproductions.com, uh, B-N-O-R-M-O-U-S productions.com. Um, You'd be able to go on my website, find my portfolio, um, and find all of my work, uh, music videos as well that I've produced. Um, just reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram and, and we'll, we'll start a conversation and, and, uh, set up some dates if you're interested in coming in and, and having me produce some songs for you. So if Tim Hillwood from Arkansas or say Hurricane Dave from Anchorage, Alaska wants to come and record, they fly to Fort Collins or 
or Denver and yeah, then... Denver and yep. Um, I actually uh, just recently uh, recorded a, a ten song record with a, a guy from New Hampshire that that came out. Um, okay. One of my good friends, he had moved to New Hampshire a few years ago, um, and uh, we've stayed in touch. And he came out and, and recorded a record with me. Um, I also do uh, remote mixing too. So uh, for bands that maybe have tracks they've recorded on their own in their home studios or have gone to uh, another studio in the area and recorded, um, they can send me the multi-tracks and I will do a, a mix for them remotely and, and send them back to them. So um, I, I do that as well. Something I really enjoy um, just doing mixing for bands as well. Um, so you don't necessarily have to come into okay. my studio to work with me. Um, I, I can do mixing as well. That's cool. And uh, just real quick, as we were talking earlier, about live versus pre-recorded, right? So yeah. this is a pre-recorded show, but we're actually doing it live. And I live less than five miles from the Burlington airport and the fighter jets are out flying today. So if you hear some background yeah. noise here in the end, you'll hear it. Cause I just heard the jets fly by again. And uh, there's just no way of filtering that out. Not, not, yeah. my, not at my level, maybe with the stuff that you have, but uh <laughs> Van, that was so much fun. Thank you so much. And uh, absolutely. And we hope to uh, get a lot of attention thrown your way. Van Verhoeven from B Normous Productions in Milliken, Colorado. And that wraps up our week in Colorado. Up next, we're off to Connecticut. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.